If you're a real estate agent and you're tired of cold calling, door knocking, and spending money on ads, then subscribe to this podcast. We discuss leveraging the power of YouTube for your real estate business and how these strategies earned us over $1 million in GCI our first year in real estate. My name is Levi Lassick and my partner is Travis Plum. Let's get started. All right. Welcome everyone today. Thank you for joining us. And we are joined again today for another part in the series of copywriting with our special guest, Mr. Carlos Redlick uh, from Arizona. Don't let him fool you. He's a country boy at heart, but he can write some mean copy while he's out there in the woods you know, shooting guns and, and, uh, milking cows. I don't know. You milk any cows out there? <laughs> I haven't milked. I mean, we yeah. got cows out there, but I haven't milked them. <laughs> okay. All right, cool. So today we're, uh, today we're going to be talking about email sequences that you can use in your business. So uh, these are really going to be four main types of different sequences you can use on email and how that applies. And then of course, uh, we are running this live as well. So if anybody has any questions, throw them in the chat, um, or, uh, you know, if you want to come off mute at the end, but we'll kind of run through this, uh, and let, let Carlos take the reins for us today. Sweet. Hey, thank you so much guys for coming on. Thank you guys again for having me here. Um, just like what, uh, uh, what he was saying, we're going to be going over some email sequences and, uh, and, and kind of give you some templates that you can use as well. So, uh, remember if for some reason you haven't gotten any of these slides yet, I'll give you the link again after the presentation, but make sure you get the slides because I've included some templates in here that you can use and modify for your own business. So the, the first thing I kind of want to go over really is what the purpose of these sequences are, because a lot of times we can build an email list or anytime you can build an email list. But if you're uh, only doing broadcast emails, which means, you know, every day you want to write an email, you write it manually, you send it out and you have to do that every single day, like a chore or a task or something like that. But you can automate a lot of this stuff and you can do that with pretty much any autoresponder software, whether that's Active Campaign or AWeb or GetResponse or anything. But the purpose of a lot of the, the uh, email sequences, especially in the beginning when we go and we'll go over what like a welcome sequence is and stuff, but especially in the beginning, it's geared towards getting people to know, like, and trust you. And we call that the KLT factor in the marketing world, the know, like, and tra trust you factor, because if they know you, like you, and trust you, there's a higher chance that they're going to want to work with you or book an appointment and take the next step and whatever that next action is. So we're always trying to think of how do we get them to know us? How do we get them to like us? And how can we get them to trust us? Well, one of the things I like to do to increase trust and all really the no like part as well, is if you're sending people not just uh, emails saying, hey, go book a call here. Hey, go book a call here. And it's really repetitive. But one of the things you can do is if you've spoken on stage or if you've done any, you know, webinars or you can even do your own little video training on 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 stuff. If you tell people, hey, here's a real cool training showing you, you know, the top three things you need to look at before buying a house. And this could, doesn't have to necessarily be a video. It could be a PDF that you write, essentially just a resource that you create. But the fact that it's something that you've created, that you're the author of, is going to help create that trust between you and these new subscribers that have come into your world. So you always want to think of that KLT factor when you're blasting out an email, because if it's not getting them to know you, like you, or trust you, it should be pushing them to take an action. But if it's not doing any of these things, it's not the best email. And the reason I wanted to kind of say that is because I've noticed that, I don't know if it's a trend or, or what, but just in general and tons of different industries, people hear that you want to build a relationship with your email list. And it's hundred percent true. That's what the KLT factor is for. But uh, one of the things that I've, I've started seeing is that people will just start giving out rants in their emails. Like, you know, I couldn't stand it when I went to the supermarket today and this happened, this happened. And sometimes they'll have a little lesson at the end that says, and so that's when I learned that, you know, I should always get uh, this kind of loan or whatever it might be, right? But it, if you're always ranting in your emails or you're trying to be very polarizing in your emails, because trust me, that that is a strategy that's taught, it it 
it you have to ask yourself, is it going to get them to trust me more? And if the answer is no, you want to really refrain from doing that stuff. So you want to be personal. You want to have personal stories, but make those stories have some kind of moral. Think about as if you were talking to uh, a kid or a child or uh, something, somebody that you want to really help them uh, get, if you're trying to get a point across, well, one of the best ways to get points across is by telling a story and having a moral at the end where they see the point and they're like, ah, that makes makes sense. And when you give people that aha moment and they start saying, oh yeah, that kind of makes sense. I, I, You're the one who gave them that epiphany. And if you're the one who did it, you're going to increase that level of trust. All right. I see uh, somebody just tried coming into the room. So I'm just going to hit admit. I hope that's cool. I, Leva. I got you. I, I got you. Covered. <laughs> yeah, I you, like, hey, you, you, yeah. You keep doing your thing. You stay on flow. I'll, I'll monitor. <laughs> cool. Cool. Um, okay. So let's go ahead and now talk about four types of email sequences. Now there's, there's different types of sequences, obviously, but we're going to talk about the main four that, that I usually see in most businesses and the ones I, I primarily like to focus on. The first part is kind of like what we were just talking about a little. It's the welcome sequence. So this is when someone first comes to your uh, first opts in or first gives you their information. This is these are the first series of emails that they're going to get. And I'm a big fan of doing seven emails. Why? Well, it's because we hit them every single day of the week. There is some kind of. uh, it's like an emotional thing. I used to not like uh, mailing people every day because I was like, God, I'm going to get so annoying. They're going to really hate me. But the truth is they're not. And the chances of them opening every single email are very slim. And uh, because if you think about it, most open rates for emails are about 15 to 20%. Some people are, are way better and some people are a little bit less. But on average, usually 15, 20% of the people who give you their contact information are actually going to open the email. So you do want to email them frequently, which means every single day for seven days, especially that first sequence, because you never know which email they're going to read, but you also want to just stay in front of them because they're getting thousands and thousands of emails every single week. So you want to make sure that you're always popping up on top. Um, something I've started testing, I, I don't have it in my notes here. I, I, it's a test, so I don't have any hard, you know, crazy data on it yet. But one of the things <laughs> I started noticing is that if I, if I, uh, blast out my emails around like seven in the morning, uh, it, it gets a lot of opens and, and, and the click through rates don't necessarily change too much, but it gets more opens. And I'm not sure why. But I assume it's because maybe that's when people are waking up and they check their phone before they go to work or they go to the office or whatever it is they're doing. And and it's just one of the first emails that they're getting, right? Uh, this is what I'm assuming because I, I'm just trying to figure out why it's starting to go up. But that was that's why I tested it originally. I was like, well, people are you know usually waking up depending on what their their jobs are around that time. So let's see if if this increases open rates. And it did. It did. It so far is doing it at least. I've only been doing this for a few weeks. And, uh, and it's doing well. And you can do, um, I forget what the term is, but essentially you can make it so if you want to schedule an email to go out at 7 a.m., you can schedule it so it goes out at 7 a.m. across all time zones for people on your list. Because obviously if you send it at 7 a.m. Eastern, that's, you know, like uh, 654, maybe like 4, 4 a.m. in California or something, right? So it, it doesn't work out. So you, you want to make sure you have that uh, ability to to do that if you want to test it, but that's but that's again that's something that um, uh, it, it's a it's a little thing, but the main but it, all these little things add up. But the main thing you want to take away from a welcome sequence is that first week is designed to really make them fall in love with you and really get them to start uh, creating a stronger connection with you, right? And so one of the things that you can do is when you're planning out your uh, week, right? And here's a template again that I've used, and you can modify this for your business. Again, this is, uh, you. if you want to go check out the slides, uh, you know, you'll see the link at the end of this, you can get them for free. So, uh, but make sure you use this template or modify it for what you're doing. But one of the things you can do when you're, uh, when you're mapping out your sequence is you want to create a, a list of tips and stories that are ideally going to convey some kind of specific message. So what I mean by that is if you're trying to say, um, 
uh, you know, make sure you have all of your paperwork for whatever it is done, you know, first thing. And if you're that's the point you're trying to get across, you want to show a, kind of a horror story of what happens when that isn't done. And so each one of those stories is included in a single email. You want to make sure that you're not combining two stories, three stories or anything in a single email. It's only one story per email, one purpose, one point, one message per email. When you start combining it, it's and you get on too many tangents and things, less people are going to respond and 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 it's just going to have a bigger um, or a, a smaller readership rate. Less people are going to be actually reading what you're saying, right? So uh, so again, just make sure that when you do this, you have everything, one story, one purpose, one message for each email. And then again, when you're creating these types of things, the way I map it out is I just have a, a what do I try, email one, what's my goal? What am I trying to, what's the message I really want to convey? And then I put, what's the story I want to use for this? And that's how I outline my emails. And then I go back and I actually write them out. Okay. The next one that you're going to want to have is an onboarding email sequence. Now, there's the type of onboarding when someone has already gotten the end result. So if they are looking to purchase a house, they want to work with you, then there's like two types of onboarding sequences, right? So you have an onboarding sequence when they first say, yeah, I'm looking for a house and I want you to help me find it, for example. And then you can put them through a sequence that it prepares them for all of the next steps that they're going to have to take and what you guys are going to be doing together. And then there's the other sequence, which I think a lot of people forget about just across the board, whether it's in real estate or in the coaching industry or anything. But once somebody has has gotten what they want, let's say they purchase the house and you're kind of done with them. And if you're like a real estate agent or something, well, it wouldn't necessarily hurt to have a, a five day sequence or a seven day sequence or something like that saying, hey, congrats on buying the new house. Here's seven tips over the next seven days that are going to that uh, will kickstart your 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 home experience or whatever. Right. And so let's say the first thing is, you know, make sure you get your Wi-Fi set up. Here's some of the Wi-Fi people we select. We, we suggest for Internet. You know, make sure you've got uh, uh, by the, you know, on the seventh day, you can say, make sure you've got your uh, housewarming party set up. Here's our, our housewarming tips, things like that, because all you've got to do is write it once, put it in an email autoresponder and it's automated. You don't have to think about these things. That's, that's the beauty of the, of the automated sequences is you just set this up one time and now you're delivering great customer service before they actually buy a house, after they buy a house, the entire way through through, but you're not manually doing anything. It's all happening on autopilot. So that way everything's easy for you. And the experience is great for the person on the other side. Okay. Um, I think we talked about, yes, yeah, so this is basically- hey, Carlos. Yes. If I can just jump in here real quick and just uh, yeah. re-emphasize re that, that this, this does not take you time. This makes you time. Just the same thing as we preach with making video, video does not make you time or does not take you time. It makes you time. So people always look at, again, this goes into investing, whatever it is you do, people usually look at today's cost versus tomorrow's value. Writing out, taking an hour or two, or even if it took you three or four hours one day to write out a complete email sequence for your clients whenever they come into your, when they initially come into your, your funnel, uh, once they've bought a house, once, you know, post-purchase, all of that, that is saving you so much time. Just uh, like we talk about, uh, we have a whole process as we move people through our pipeline. So whenever they first reach out to us, or if we refer somebody to a lender, if you have to do anything twice in your business, you should have a system process, campaign, trigger, automation, sequence, you know, something of that nature in your business. So I've never written a second email uh, to refer somebody to the lender. People ask us for referral lenders every single time. If they want to be referred to our lender, we drag and drop them in our CRM. And that that tag, that, that, that sequence automatically fires off an email that we wrote one time, you know, that explains everything. Now it's customized to the client because the CRM customizes it to the client. Just the same thing as your email sequence will do. Um, it'll customize it to the client. And, but all the information is the same. And so that is saving you and, and not just saving you, but making you time. Because think about if you tried to do this, if you've ever written, um, if you're writing a brand new email, every time you refer somebody to your lender, 
that's a huge waste of time. It should be written out one time and it saved if you and if you don't have a CRM or something like that, save it as a template so you just copy and paste and reuse over and over again. But still, even going to do that to find that template, copy and paste, then type out the you know customization on your end, that's still way too much time that you should be spending on that. It should just be a very simple process. Same thing with these. I love it. I love it. A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, the way you scale too, just in general, is you just got to have automated systems in place so nothing falls apart and you're not there, you know, as the bottleneck. So um, that's what these sequences, just like what Levi's talking about, it's exactly what it's designed to do. And so one of the sequences here that we're that I wanted to share next with you is for people that know show, right? So this could this could be whether they know show for a phone call or an in-person meeting or a showing or whatever it might be. But you want to have a sequence that goes out to these folks because there's tons of different reasons they may not have shown up. I mean, they may just not have been interested, but we want to assume there, there might be some other reasons, right? And so I listed out some possible reasons for no-shows, and I'll explain why this is kind of, this is a good thing. So um, they got caught up at work. They forgot to put it in the calendar. They had a family death. They were sick. They were in a car crash. They double booked for the same time somewhere else. These are all essentially possible reasons for them not showing up. And you know what they also are is possible topics for each email. So we have here one email, two emails, three, four, five, six emails, at least right here, just with these reasons, right? And so it's not to say that they absolutely got in a car crash, but an email could be, hey, you know, hey, so-and-so, I, and this you may want to elaborate a little bit more, but, you know, I'm freestyling this, but essentially you could say, uh, hey, so-and-so, I saw that uh, you missed our appointment on this day and this time, and I wanted to make sure everything was okay. Most people are, you know, uh, really excited about checking out this house, and so I, I just wasn't sure what happened, and I know that sometimes crazy things can happen when you're driving from uh, from long distances, so not sure where you're coming from exactly, but I'm hoping you didn't get in any car car crash or any trouble on the way here. If you did, let me know. I'll send a tow truck to help you out and some ambulance and heck, I'll go there and help you out myself. Um, let me know if, you, if you're if you okay. And if you are okay, maybe just something else popped up. No worries. Just click this link and reschedule for a time that's convenient for you. Really hope everything's okay. Talk soon. You know, Carlos, P.S., where, what's the best address to send a, a get well soon card or some shit? Or where, if you are in the hospital, what's your, what's your uh, room number so I can send you some flowers, right? It's a little exaggerated, but it's, it's a little funny too. And it's going to get people to say, wow, this person went all out. They're saying they're going to send me flowers to my hospital and like a, an ambulance and a tow truck for my car if needed now. Chances are they're not in a car crash. I've never had someone say, yes, I'm in a car crash. And they responded back to me and say, yeah, send the send that ambulance. Because, you know, chances are all that's kind of happening already. But but the point is, you're addressing all of these re reasons, even if they're a little ridiculous, because it's going to get them to say, yeah, I should reschedule, right? You could actually make it super ridiculous. I did this a few years ago when uh, the US came out and published. I, I, it's funny, it's not like even bigger news now, but like I forget what newspaper, it was some major newspaper, uh, like maybe two or three years ago. I think it was in 2020, even during like <laughs> the craziness. Um, they, uh, they said something about UFOs being real or or not. They said that there was UFOs and, you know, um, the military has like footage of UFOs. They're not saying it's aliens. They're just saying it's legit, an unidentified flying object. So I used that in uh, one of my emails and I said, hey, you know, whatever news station or whatever said that. UFO, the government is admitting that there's UFOs and they've got all these different uh, videos of UFOs flying all over the United States. And I was wondering if maybe you weren't able to show up to the call because you ran into one of these uh, UFOs and they abducted you. If they did abduct you, I'm sure you're not going to be able to respond back. But if if they didn't abduct you, uh, you know, click here and reschedule for a time that's convenient for you. Something along those lines, right? But I used something silly like an alien abduction an abduction to get in front of these people who no showed and get them to uh, kind of start that conversation again and get them back to booking a call. So again, you just want to make sure just like the welcome sequence and just like pretty much any sequence, you have one uh, purpose or one story and one thing you're really trying to address in each email. You don't want to, you know, have too many of them uh, 
you know, blended together, any of them blend together. It's just one per email. And then the same with the text sequence, but the text sequence here is actually very short. You don't actually do that much. Sometimes I use it as a reference text. And what I mean by that is usually these are like one sentence or two sentences long, nowhere nearly as long as like a full-blown email. But what I'll do is I'll say, you know, hey, so-and-so, Carlos here, I just sent you a crazy email about aliens, abduction, and you. Uh, you know, it's really important that you check it out. Let me know if you got it, right? Something like that. Because now it's like, oh crap, let me go check that email. So that's what we call like a reference ad. It's like, hey, catching your attention so that you can go and check this email out because I'm talking about this alien stuff, right? So that's that's another way of getting in front of people and making sure that you're recouping these no-shows and, and rescheduling them. Now, some of those texts can have, obviously, a direct link. And you say, hey, I saw you mix, missed your call. Hope everything's okay. Uh, you know, just go here to reschedule. That's fine. That's very standard. Um, but it's but it, if you're going to be sending six or seven of these, it can get a little repetitive if that's like your only message, which is why combining some kind of uh, story or reason, possible reason uh, that they didn't show up in each message, it's what's going to help help make this not so copy and paste like, right? Because if you just keep saying, hey, I saw you missed your call, just following up. Hey, are you still interested? Hey, what happened? Right? It's like the exact same thing. Just it just gets a little repetitive and annoying. Okay, the next one that I want to go over is called a cold subscriber re-engagement sequence. Now, what is a cold subscriber? A cold subscriber is anyone who hasn't opened or clicked an email in the last 90 days but they've been on your list for at least 30 days, right? So I'm sure you guys have a bunch of these. A, a lot of people do. I know I do. And so what you want to do is you create a segmented list of all of these people who have not opened anything yet, and you send them an email. I don't know. These people keep coming in. It's like impulse that I want to admit them, Levi. Sorry. I know I'm not supposed to, but I'm just like, man, I just, I just click it. It's right there. But, uh, the uh, so with these people in in your autoresponder again, it could be Active Campaign, Aweb, or Get Response. Pretty much all of these. Do, I think every one of them does this. Um, all you have to do is create a segment from the people who have not opened or clicked your emails in the last thirty or ninety days, and then you send them an email. I think that's actually what this part two is about. You essentially send them what's known as a breakup email, and this is like a you know, like a, a poop or get off the pot type of email where it's like, hey, you know, are you still interested in this is a very famous email. I forget who created it, but it's like, hey, you signed up for this. Are you still interested? You know, and then your name just reply back. Yes, if you are right. So it gets people to reply back and gets them to open it. But it's it's a way to re-engage them. And then what you're doing as you're blasting these people, because obviously if you're mailing only people who are cold or not, when I say cold, they've been on your list, so the definition of it or our definition, they've been on your list, but just haven't engaged with you. When you segment them and just start blasting emails to them, what's going to happen is you're going to see obviously a very low open rate, like a 1% maybe or 2% if you're lucky, right? Maybe it'll be more, hopefully, but it's going to be a very low open rate because you're only targeting people that aren't opening. But what is happening now is now that they've opened that email, they're going to go and start transferring over to that engaged list because now they've opened your email within the last 30 days. They just opened the, that one. And so that's a way to re-engage them so that you start having more people uh, opening your, your actual emails, not just these cold resubscriber your, or cold subscriber emails. But it and it also starts getting your emails to deliver to their inbox because sometimes what happens is maybe your emails for these this segment of people are going to the promotion folder. It's just getting buried down. They're just not seeing it. But now that they've opened it, it's going to they're going to start seeing it again, right? So that's something that you can do to just reactivate a lot of these people. And for the ones who don't, the ones who don't open anymore and, and they're not responding to this cold subscriber re-engagement thing, what I do is I the short answer is I delete them from my autoresponder, but I save the list because the list is still valuable. It's just you're you're going to be paying money if you have like twenty thousand people in your database, but only about four or five thousand of them are active, and you're doing a bunch of cold subscriber reengagement sequences, and you, you've gone through it. Well, if there's going to be a, a lot of them that simply are not responding anymore, they're just dead weight, and so you're paying to have you're probably paying a few hundred bucks more to have 20,000 person list, even though only four or 5,000 are, are your real subscribers. So I just save all of those people. 
uh, like I download that entire list, so I still have it, but I delete them from my uh, autoresponder. So that way you're also saving money. And when you do that, you'll notice that your everything about your email performance will go up, your opens, your clicks, everything will go up because you're essentially cutting the fat, trimming the fat, killing that dead weight. Um, so this is another sequence though, that you want to do every 30 to 60 days. You just want, or not every 30 days, you want to target the people, uh, uh, who haven't opened, like I said, from the 30 to 90 day period. And I like to do this once every couple of weeks, because that way it just kind of keeps the list as fresh as possible. And I'm always cleaning it and making sure it's, it's really the best, uh, in the best, uh, uh, I don't want to say best way, but it, it's really going to give us the best results that way because you're just keeping the list clean. And then we also, again, here's a little template that you guys can use. So um, make sure you do that. Check this out. Again, these are little Google Docs. So you can just click here, you know, edit in here, and probably just copy and paste into another Google Doc and edit from there. And if you want to access these slides, we'll open this up for questions. But if you want to access these slides, just go here, America's Best copywriter.com slash slides america's best copywriter.com slash slides go there put in your info and then you'll just see you know all the slides on the next page so if you guys have any questions let me know and okay i see some comments in here so let me start looking um hey yeah. what's the what's it going to take carlos for you to become the world's best copywriter <laughs> it's going to take probably another $20 to purchase the domain if it's still available. <laughs> One, 20, there you go. I um, love it. All right. So Jennifer, uh, Jennifer message says, makes sense to embed a video with the bomb. Oh yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I'm not sure when you had messaged this, um, but yes, putting little videos in there is pretty cool. If, uh, if you can get, people to click on it. One of the things I actually like to do is not necessarily include a video in there is I'll include an image of a video with like a play button on it and then make it a clickable image so that when they click on it, it goes to the video or to the opt-in or whatever you're trying to send them. So it's kind of clickbait essentially. And you usually get like five X more clicks. The only thing with that is you don't want to include images in like every one of your emails because that tends to uh, essentially get your emails thrown into the promotions folder, the spam folder. And so less people will see it. But if you sporadically kind of, not sporadically, but if you kind of sprinkle it into your email sequences every once in a while, you'll, it's a great way to get nice boosts and clicks. Um, so one of the things I do is I test out like a, a sequence of, of, uh, of emails and I'll, you know, I, I, I see which one performs best out, out of, uh, out of all of them, let's say five or seven of them. And then the one that performs best in regards to opens and click-throughs and sales, obviously, but the first metrics I'm looking for are like opens and clicks and clicks really. Um, if that's kind of doing well, then I, I started looking at how can I or how can I improve the best one? I'm not trying to improve the worst ones. I'm trying to improve the best one to get even more juice out of it. So then I'll start doing those that trick with the picture that looks like a video. So when they click on it, it takes them over to the next page. Um, but that's kind of how I would go about it. But that's really, really good, Jennifer, that you're thinking that way about including those Loom videos in there. Uh, okay, Coach Bill says, what have you found to be the best system to automate these emails going out? So per, um, this is... I don't know if there really is a best because everyone has their own best and the one they're most comfortable with. I'll tell you the one I use personally is Active Campaign, and I like that one the best after using uh, I've used Mailchimp, Aweber, and Get Response and Active Campaign. And Active Campaign for me has has been the best. I feel like um, well, I know for sure my emails with Get Response weren't delivering to the inbox as much, and then as soon as I transferred to Active Campaign, my performance just went up. And, uh, and I started delivering more, uh, right there. So I would, uh, uh, yeah, that's what I would suggest active campaign, but again, they all pretty much do the same type of thing, but active campaign is the one that I like the most. So if you guys have other questions, I already, I love this. Somebody else is already on here. So you guys are checking out the slides already. Um, so those are the two questions that were submitted the two comments that are submitted in the, in the meeting box thing here, the chat box here. Is there any other questions here that you guys want to uh, ask or go over? Well, I wanted to um, reemphasize kind of what you said at the beginning. Uh, the the simple format here, what I believe Carlos was saying, is hook story offer, <laughs> right? Uh, so, what's your hook? What's the story? And then and then what's your offer? What's your call to action? And it was funny. One of my friends, uh, 
Chris um, posted this yesterday, or he reposted a a reel from Ryan Surhan. And uh, and the funny thing is, is Chris was like, his point was hook story offer. Well, you look at, go back to Ryan's reel and what did he do? He started out talking. He's like getting out of his car. So he's got motion, you know, walking into the office, probably on a Sunday. And he starts telling a story. First thing he starts out with is whenever I was selling, you know, $2,000 apartments in Koreatown, you know, 14 years ago in real estate, I I was, I, you know, I, I started having all the, I was struggling, you know, I was going through these hardships. I was, I sucked. I was terrible. Basically, immediately that's the hook, right? I was, imagine 14 years ago when I started out and I was completely terrible. I was thinking about getting out of real estate and then then he went and built up more of the story, started to uh, just study and learn and educate myself. At the time, there was nobody really there to show me the ropes. Uh, the only coaches in the business, it seemed like, were from the 80s, you know, talking about and weren't even in the business anymore. And so here I am. And then, you know, at the end, he's like, and by the way, uh, I've got a Black Friday sale for my courses. <laughs> You know, click, click the link below, click the link below and you can get the best deal you've ever gotten. And and it was a, a seven minute video, you know, seven minute reel on his, uh, you know, on his Instagram going into that. But it's a very simple format hook story offer. What Where did you start? Uh, it's the same as uh, beginning, middle and end. Right. Hook story offer. So you got to have a beginning, a middle and an end to structure that. That's something that uh, Casey Neistat, Neistat talked about one of the, probably the best storytellers on YouTube. And, you know, he made a video about that and he, he said, it's really a, the simple framework of beginning, middle and end. And so uh, you think about the structure and how you want to uh, have that conversation and, and start that out. And, and, you know, we've talked about this as well as that each and every one of you on here uh, make a hundred pieces of content a day. You make a hundred pieces uh, or a hundred emails a day, you know, figuratively for the fact that, that, you know, everything that you do throughout the day is, is there's some story involved in it. You know, it's just your, it's your, your choice, whether you decide to document that or not. Now, are you going to document that through video? Are you going to document that by sending yourself a voice memo? Are you going to document that by writing it down? You know, and, and a lot of people have their learning style, you know, either, visual, audit, auditory, kinesthetic readers and writers. So maybe you do things different. Maybe you have to leave yourself a voicemail. But the thing is, is that if you're looking to to get your message out, um, whether that's on video or on email or, you know, through this, it, that all comes down to, to copy. I mean, video is copy. It's just uh, maybe you don't actually write it down. It's in your head and you spill that out. But if you're going throughout your real estate day, and if you show four homes, I mean, let's just say you go, and that's that's easy to probably show, you know, if you're out working with a buyer, at least you're showing uh, probably anywhere from four to, to seven homes, ideally. Um, and so f- those seven different homes provide seven different, at a minimum, seven different stories, you know? Now, when you come out of that house, when you're driving to the next property, like that's your choice. It's your choice, dude. Do I stop and do I say, Hey, you know, man, I just walked into this house and was I'm working with the client, just walked into this house. What I immediately noticed whenever I walked into it was this, this, and this. Now, what I did was is I was able to help my client understand that, you know, uh, it's not a big deal, or this is a major issue, or don't ever buy a home that's like this as soon as I walk in the front door. And so, you know, that's your your hook, your story, and then your offer and your call to action is, is by the way. You know, if, if, if you're out, uh, you know, thinking about uh, buying your first home or you're in the market to purchase another home or your second home or uh, rental property, whatever the case may be, you know, uh, message me below, reach out. And then, you know, you want to make sure that you don't run into these types of issues or, or you're looking for the right things or you're working with the right person to help be an, an additional set of eyes for what you're doing. So every time, every house you show is a minimum of at least one piece of content. And you could probably break that up into two, three, four, or five pieces of content. When you go to list a home, you know, and you go on that listing presentation, hey, I was just working with a client, talking to them about listing their home. They mentioned they were interviewing for the real estate agents, but I'm the one that walked out with the signed piece of paperwork. Why is that? Well, you know, this is what I talked about, or this is what I did, or, you know, um, you know, this is how I differentiate myself from other agents. Now, also you want to think about your audience, 
that's probably geared more towards an agent centric audience versus um, a client, but you have to word that accordingly of, you know, this is how I set myself apart from different agents. And so when you go on that listing appointment, you walk out of there, you probably have two, three, four, five pieces of content or two, three, four, five pieces of a, of, of a story that could be documented on email or video. And so every single day that you interact and you, um, you know, even on this call today, if you're sitting there writing down notes, you know, this is something that uh, if you're trying to grow your team or expand your team and you're trying to attract other agents, then this types of this type of content um, that we're discussing right now is attractive to them and say, hey, you know, I was in a meeting today uh, with this weird guy named Carlos, uh, who's a little uh, hermit from Arizona, you know, and just writes copy in his basement. No, actually he's not. He's really cool guy. But, you know, I was on this, I was on this training call today with one of the top copywriters in the country. And he made some very specific points that really resonated with me and how I could improve my business. And here, boom, boom, boom. You know, that's a reel for today. Now think about what's the next thing you're going to go on and, and what's the next training you're going to attend and what's the next home you're going to show and what's the next phone call you have with the client. If a client calls you, um, just like a, uh, the C, you know, our phone number is not directed to me, but for some reason, like, uh, last week, the CRM malfunction <laughs> for some reason. And I, you know, I got a call to my cell phone and I answered it and it was somebody that, you know, as a client, you know, looking to move. And I ended, I had a 25 minute conversation with them. I wasn't going to say, oh, well, uh, yeah, this, uh, you're talking to the wrong person. Let me get you to a team member. I just took that opportunity to have that conversation. I turned that into, um, a couple of pieces of content right after that because of my discussion, which was number one, what, what was my question? Um, <laughs> and my, one of my top questions was, is why move now? Why are, aren't you concerned about interest rates? And that's what I wanted to know point blank. And, you know, he said, no, I'm not, uh, this is, it's the right time for me to move my family. Uh, what I know is I can't afford to buy a home in California period. Uh, you know, Dallas area is a lot more affordable. I can get a lot more home. Uh, I work with the airline Southwest, you know, you know, based out of Dallas anyways, so I can transfer over there. And I know that, uh, you know, the, I, I can refinance later, you know, it may not be ideal right now, but still, even with interest rates in this market, it's still cheaper for me to buy a home in Texas than it is in California. <laughs> so, you know, and so that, that just that conversation was a story, you know, that I was able to convert into a piece of content, which was, you know, I was talking to a client, you know, a client just called in looking to buy a home and, and isn't nobody buying a home right now, right? Isn't everybody scared and the market's dried up and nobody's out there, but yet we're still getting phone calls every single day of people looking to buy homes. Why is that? Well, here's the deal. This gentleman was from California and, and that's how I started the, that's how I started the, the piece of content and was able to tell that story and regurgitate it from that phone call. Now, if I broke down and the thing is, is that, you know, my CRM, records phone calls. So I could go back and re-listen to that phone call, even though it was 25 minutes, that was the main story I took from it. But I could probably go back and pull two or three more stories from that conversation. And then guess what? I could type out, an, not only did I make a video about it, I could type out an email. You know, I got a call from a client just yesterday looking to make a move. And I thought nobody was moving in this marketplace, especially with these interest rates. It's crazy, right? The market is crashing. The prices are dropping. Interest rates are sky high, the highest they've ever been in history. Or wait, no, that, that's not true either. But it was my curiosity got me. Why would somebody call in in this current market that everywhere you see is hellfire and brimstone and, you know, nobody's making a move, but yet we're still getting calls? Well, let me tell you a little bit about Steve and then Steve's from, you know, and then, and then you could turn that into an email. So, you know, everybody on here, every agent encounters, you know, or lives a hundred pieces of content a day. Again, it's your decision on whether you document that or not. And it really uh, will surprise you. I believe how much you can build up in a short time frame. uh, it just by being relentless. Somebody asked me the other day, Levi, how do you how do you uh, keep up with your files and and all your? I said, well, as soon as I hang up, like as soon as this call gets done, guess what I do? It's it it automatically downloads to my computer as a file, and I rename it. Carlos Redlick, copywriting secrets, blah, 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 boom. I immediately move it into a folder that my team has access to. And they know my job is to keep that folder full of content, right? And it's their job to convert it. But also 
I can easily go into Trello and I can type in there. Now I type in there, um, Carlos Redlick, copywriting secrets, you know, email sequence, boom, put that in a Trello board and guess now they know exactly what to look for. And whenever they pull that content and start chopping this up and you reusing it, you know, it all starts on the process. But the thing is, is that I have to be, I have to be relentless about, um, documenting my, my, my day, which is, uh, saves me a lot of time from just having to create very specific content as well. So if you're struggling with that that time frame to to sit down or you get camera shy or whatever the case may be, whatever comes up and you say, okay, well, uh, I, let me just set something up right here. And uh, I didn't do it right this second, but you know, setting up that 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 phone on a tripod right next to you, vertical format, hitting record. So that's the other thing, you know, um, I talk about this. If you look on my Instagram, you'll see a lot of, uh, I'm hardly ever addressing the camera directly because I document so much conversations, uh, coaching calls, training calls, uh, you know, out and about at events, things like that. All of it gets documented. So I, I don't have to worry about doing that. And you're doing that every single day with your clients but it's just taking that extra moment. You know, it's at the end of the day, you know, in between those calls driving instead of cranking up the radio and listening and jamming out to music or, you know, Hey, I believe in listening to podcasts. I believe in the library on wheels, but maybe in between clients, you don't do that. You hit record, you get a nice little phone stand in your car, you know, to record vertical, you hit the record button and you say, by the way, yeah, just got done showing this home. And I tell you what, this is what, uh, this is what I found. This is what the problem we ran into. Oh, a huge problem we ran into as soon as we walked in the door. This is something that you you need to keep an eye out for anytime you're looking at a house. You know, as soon as I walked in this house, this was the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. You know, as soon as I walked out of this house, I noticed um, the biggest crack. And I tell you what, um, you know, so all these types of things, those th that happens every single day. And, and you're going to encounter different experiences. And if you start looking at um, how do I capture this? You're going to start looking at things in a different manner too, instead of just, oh, okay, I'm I'm going to show another house, you know, to this person for the 85th time. It should be, oh, great, this is the 85th time I get to you know make a new a new reel or a new piece of content, and I walk in there, and now I'm looking at what can I learn from this experience. Uh, because guess what? We get in the motion and we get in the cadence and we get into the situation where this this all starts to become second nature. But now every time you walk in there, if you're like, all right, how if you play a game with yourself and say, man, how many reels can I pull out of this house, you know, out of showing this house? Uh, and if you have to make a note on your phone, if you have to take a little pad and paper to write it down and the client's going to be like, oh, what do you? What are you doing over there? Oh, I'm just taking a few notes, you know, just something I do. And then, but think about this, that could even be something that after, you know, instead of bugging, uh, you know, the, the client, the whole time they're viewing the house, you, you, you write down four or five things that are potential real topics, but you step out of the house and, and they say, you say, well, what'd you think? And they're like, yeah, yeah. I didn't. Okay. And you say, well, look, I took some notes here and I noticed really some key things that, that were really good. And I noticed some things that, man, I don't, I don't know if this is the best house to, to buy. Let's, let's make sure we keep an eye out for this, you know, and then you could even go down your little list and say, and think about what that means to your client. How would they feel if you actually had notes and said, here's the pros and the cons of this house? You know, and then and then at the end of the day, it makes it a lot easier to kind of run through that. But then you've got four or five pieces of content that you could go out and record. And if you don't have time to do it right there in the car or you don't want to record when you're cruising around or driving to the next spot at the end of the day, this is, again, going to be your decision to where, OK, well, I've got 20 different things from just showing five homes today. Man, well, how long is it going to take me to record 20 reels? I mean, realistically, depending on how comfortable you are and how many times it takes you to do a take. But the thing is, is that I think what you'll find is that is that you're you know the content, you know the information, and you just need that little note to trigger, you know, what you would do because you've been in the business for three, four, five, eight, 10, 12, 15 years. So if you see this thing, you go, oh. Well, I was out showing a, a client today this house, and this is the one thing I tell you what, I would never buy a house if I saw this. And then you talk about that one thing you saw, 
And that's it. I mean, literally you can do this in 30 to 60 seconds. It could take you, you'd be surprised how many uh, reels you can record in an hour. And it's probably going to be, and, and if you do it like this to where these are things that you're experiencing and walking through and you know, like the back of your hand versus, okay, let me ride out. Let me sit down and try to think of 20 different things to make a reel about. That's where a lot of people get stuck and they don't know what to talk about. And then they start stumbling and fumbling because it's not fresh to them either. They're trying to regurgitate or think of something that they did a year ago or two years ago as to where each and every day, you know, if you, if you took that extra time at the end of the day of when you have these times um, to do that. And the thing is, is like, if you're only working with one client right now too, and you show them five homes and then that's it, you know, that's all they're going to see for the next week, but you're able to get 10, 15, 20 reels out of that. Well, guess what? That, that could give you almost a month's worth of content. So you're not, struggling and thinking about what am I going to do tomorrow and the next day? You're just like, okay, I'm going to build that out, get that done, record that I'm scheduled out. And the client doesn't want to see homes until the same time next week. Well, it's okay. All right. Well, I've got time to, to get all this done out there. And so these are the types of things that, that, you know, being out there, being active, working with the clients, every single thing you do throughout the day is opportunity for content. And if you just start making uh, a, a, you know, start being mindful about that and, and documenting that along the way. Or, uh, you know, like I said, if you, if you do this on the fly, just record on a video and, and talk through that then, or even if you're in the house, uh, you tell the client, Hey, don't mind me. I'm going to make a few videos while I'm here, you know, and they're off in the bedroom. You're in the kitchen. You're like, look, I'm in this kitchen right now. I would never buy a home if, if I saw the garbage disposal on the left side, you know, it's just something like, you know, something like that. And you could, you could document it that way, or you take a quick little uh, video of it, you know, five to six or seven seconds or do a couple of things. Then you go back at the end of the day and you've got your B-roll, right? And then you could still make the, the piece of content about it and then overlay that that little shot. So if you don't want to make a video while you're in there with the client, it's easy to just go, you know, take a little three, four or five second clip of what you're talking about. And then at the end of the day, you have that as well to where you can look at it and you can say, Oh yeah, I remember what I was going to say about this kitchen sink. And then you're like, Hey, you know, by the way, was out working with the client today. And, and so, and the good thing is, is that as you do that more and more, it also shows people that you're busy. <laughs> it shows people that you are, are actually working with people, uh, you know? And so this is an opportunity because people want to work with people that are the best, you know, at what they do and that they know are busy. I mean, I, I show in my presentations all the time, emails, like people will say, um, Hey, please let us know if you have time to talk to us, you know, thank you for, for, <laughs> thank you for all you do. Uh, please let us know if, I mean, they're, they're asking me, do I have time? You can see that plain as day in their emails and text. And whenever they reach out, um, just like that guy, you know, when I answered the phone, he literally said, Oh, well, I wasn't expecting you to answer the phone. Uh, so, you know, that's the thing is, is these, uh, the people have these expectations and, and, you know, you show them that you're in the process, you're doing, you're, you are showing homes, you are selling homes, you are buying homes with clients right now in this market. That's the most important thing I think you can be doing right now is showing and being, being the most visible agent. We've talked about this is that the most visible agents going to win in this market period. Now, how, are you going to be visible on email? text, you know, phone calls, video, uh, postcards. How are you going to be visible? If you're sending out postcards, you probably need to send more, more, more postcards. If you're doing emails, more emails. Um, if you're doing video, more videos, but showing people that you are working with clients, staying positive, something else that uh, Carlos said at the beginning about ranting. And I will say this, that, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that I, I could rant about all day long, but I never do it. <laughs> I never do it on video on nothing because I, I, it, it only serves one person and that's me. And then after I do it, I feel like an idiot anyway. So why, why address those things? Why, you know, it's just the same thing. If you get some stupid, nasty comment, you know, that person doesn't know you, they, you don't know them. Uh, there's no point in engaging in that stuff, addressing it. Um, you know, it just doesn't, it, it, there's no point to it. Um, you know, and that's the thing is that I would always think of things, how to, to keep that positive, not, not talking about 
Well, um, actually I was watching somebody's video that came up in my feed. So I always click on anytime somebody's video comes up in my feed, I'll click on it just to check it out. First thing I started out their story with was I could not believe what this other agent was saying. This agent was saying that I overheard this agent's conversations and they said this and this and this. And I was just like, what? I'm just like, you know what? I don't know. What's the point for that? I get turned off by, by negativity, you know? Um, so it's just not something uh, people hear enough negativity already. Be the, be the positive person, be the, be the solution person, you know, be the, be the person that people want to work with. And, and so, uh, that's, what's going to come across there. And I think everyone has the opportunity. You just have to be very, very intentional about what it is you want to do. And, this is where I've also said that you have to figure out what type of person you are. Um, I know we attract a lot of video people, but at the same time, I, we attract a lot of people that are like, well, I want to do video, but I really hate doing video. And it's like, that's going to be very difficult for you to start. But are you are you a people person? Are you a reader or writer? Are you uh, a phone call person? Are you a video person? You know, And so if you are a phone call person or a reader and writer, like that's what Carlos is talking about today. Um, emails can be very effective. If you've built up your database over the last five, 10, 15 years, emails are still very effective. Postcards are still very effective. Maybe you sit down instead of trying to force yourself onto being a video person, not, not saying that you can't overcome that. Look, I believe anybody can overcome anything they want to, but at the same time, you know, if, if you're going to, if it's going to delay your progress as to where you could probably type out 10 emails in an hour, because you just love to write, you got to think about these things. Well, shoot, if I could, if I could tell stories and write good copy through email, um, every, I could do that every day, but video, it's like you sit there for two hours going, Oh, I don't want to get on video. Think about yeah. how to how to best use your 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 time on that and how you can be more effective. And so, you know, these are the types of things that I would challenge all of you to to start thinking about as far as um, you know, getting in the process, getting in the flow, making time for this. But again, even sitting down, even if I dedicate time to make content, it doesn't take me time, and it's not it's not uh, it's not a lot of time. You know, once you get more proficient at it, it that that the compression of time it takes you to make something reduces significantly. Um, anything you become good at, just the same as showing a home, writing a contract, uh, you know, any of that stuff, it all, it, now you write contracts in your sleep. When you wrote your first contract, it was, you probably called somebody and they had to walk you through it for the next hour. And then you still didn't know how to do it the second or third time. So, you know, but now we write them in our sleep and, and the thing is, you know, exactly what addendums to push to it and what to do from there. So all of this is, is, uh, is relevant. And, and again, going back to this, what, what Carlos mentioned, very simple, Be, you know, beginning, middle, end hook story offer, uh, you know, grab them. And this is the same on video as well. You got to have a hook, you got to have this little story, and then you got to have calls to action and you want to move the needle. We talked about it last week, right? Um, how many people have actually done call to actions? We talked about Instagram calls to action and things like that. Um, you'd be surprised um, what the feedback you'll get posting things, doing polls, getting engagement versus just posting market reports and that you sold this home and, and listed this home usually isn't going to govern the interaction. You have to ask, you have to inquire, you have to, uh, you know, ask for the business, ask for the, ask for the, um, opinion of people as well yeah yeah so uh, i love all that and one of the things that really resonated with me is uh when you're talking about like if you're doing a reel it could also be a story one of the things i've done in the past and this could go vice versa as well but since i know a lot of folks here doing videos like you mentioned uh, one of the things that you can do is if you're better at just kind of freestyle, if you get the topic in your mind and you can kind of just freestyle a 30 second reel or 45 second reel, uh, you can just go to a place called rev.com and transcribe that reel. And uh, I, I think it's like a buck a minute, maybe less if you get an automatic. It's very cheap, though, because it's like 30 seconds. Right. So uh, what you can do is transcribe like 30 reels or 40 reels or whatever it might be. And those are little mini emails as well that you can use. Not every email has to be super long. In fact, shorter emails usually get more clicks. One of the things that I found, though, is if you can get people like how you talk about hook story offer, if you can get people hooked in, which is what you're doing in your reel and give them a good story, which, again, is what you're kind of doing in your reel or something, some content in there. And then if your offer is um, 
in the Rio to click a link or whatever. You can do the same thing in the email, or you can also send them to go watch the complete video. You can sit, you can kind of do a combo, kind of like what we were doing with the reference ads and stuff like that with a text message referring to an email. You can say, uh, the same stuff in the reel. And then at the end, you say, if you want to watch the full video where I break all this down, make sure you click here and check it out. And you can have that reel on your Instagram. So you send them from your email to your IG. And then you know, there's a lot of cool ways that you can mix and match this stuff. So I just really wanted to kind of emphasize that because if you're able to do one, you can do the other very easily, whether it's writing the copy and then recording or recording, transcribing, and then putting the copy together. Um, there's a few other questions that came in here that I wanted to go through, which is pretty sweet. Yeah, um, me, uh, if I can, Carlos, let me address this one real quick. It says, do we need permission from a homeowner to use video yep. of their home in our recordings? I mean, the thing is, is that I, I think if you make a 30 second reel on, at somebody's kitchen, not likely that you need permission. The likelihood that somebody will dig out the fact that that's their kitchen. of I mean, it's, it's probably not likely. But the thing is, is that I think home tours, you know, I know I know some agents um will just book, you know, book showings and then go and film the house. That is something I don't uh, agree with. Um, but if I, I think permission, if you're gonna walk a home inside of it, you know, that I think that absolutely you should get permission from a listing agent. If you're if you sit there and pull out your phone and, and made a reel in the kitchen uh for 30 seconds, that I I, I would not uh, again, I mean, permission is always going to trump everything, but at the same time, I doubt you're, there's any um, ethics violations. There's no rules really against that. Nobody's going to say, hey, I saw my homeowner's <laughs> kitchen. <laughs> That's I know that hood. I know that stove and that hood anywhere. Uh you know, you need to take that down. So that's not likely going to happen. But if you're in there, you know, oh, here's the living room, here's the bathroom, here's the kitchen, here's you know, and presenting it as your listing or something like that. I, I would not do that unless you had permission. But you know, little bits and pieces. Uh, but again, if, and if you filmed, you know, the stove or the sink or you know a crack in the wall for anybody to pick that, that that's going to be a needle in a haystack. Um, you know, as far as finding that out. So that I wouldn't be concerned about at all on there. Um, yeah, yeah, I was going to defer to you on that one too, because I saw it come in. I was like, I have no idea. That'll be <laughs> my question. Um, so, and then the other, Jennifer was asking about, um, you know, sending through, okay, why send through another system, an example, active campaign versus your CRM. So the main, there's, if your CRM, here's the thing that I'm looking for. If you're if you're already getting good delivery, if you can already deliver with your emails and it's getting into the inbox, that's a that's already good. The main thing I'm looking at is can you segment your list? If you can do that in the CRM, then you don't necessarily need an active campaign. That, that I'm just looking for the functionality part, right? Can you get your emails delivered? And then can you segment your list? And when I say segment, can you like take like we were talking about with that cold re-engagement, that cold subscriber thing? Can you say, hey, I want to target only or I want to email only people who have not opened my emails for the last 30 to 90 days? And if you can create those little sub lists or segmented lists, then 100% you should just use your CRM. No, no real reason to go to active campaign or anything else. But that's that's kind of the main thing you want to do because if you can't segment it's you should probably get active campaign or something because that's where you can really start doing cool stuff. But as long as you can segment and I guess create autoresponders, which I assume an auto, you know, you can do. So then I see you saying yes. So that's perfect. Um, so good. So that hopefully answers your question then. Um, next one. Does it make a right? Yeah, no. So does it make a difference if the email address is in your contact list? Uh, do the ones in your address book get delivered more so than the email addresses that uh Aren't so when I'm talking about email campaigns, uh, I uh, I'm looking at it as if someone saw some kind of advertisement, whether it's a flyer or an Instagram ad or whatever or YouTube ad, and then went to one of your web pages or landing pages, gave you their email address, and now they're in your database. Those are the types of emails that I prefer going after. If you want to load up some that you've just got like in your phone or your contact list, and you've actually talked to these people. You can load it in there and then still mail them and it should be fine because it's probably not going to be more than a couple hundred, I would assume, maybe less. 
Um, if you're, but, but if you're starting to basically purchase lists, which is, I know usually where this ends up going, I don't know if that's where you were going, but usually that route is like, well, if I can add just people to the list, maybe I'll just buy a list of people and then upload it and blast it out. And whenever people start doing that, that's when I start seeing terrible response rates. You get like an open rate of like less than 1%, uh, your, your domain name can get, you know, blacklisted essentially, not the best approach. So whenever you're doing any kind of email marketing, my suggestion would be only market to people who've raised their hand, giving you their email address and said, yes, you can market to me, right? I wouldn't add people to the list unless they came here directly. So that, that would be my answer for that. Um, and then how do you apply this structure for asking for a referral? Very simple. You would actually want to use it in your onboarding sequence after, or some people in the e-commerce world call it like a post-purchase sequence. So let's say someone has completed the whole process of working with you. They've gotten into their house. If you're a loan officer, they've gotten the loan they want, whatever the, the end thing is. Once they've gotten that, that's why I like having a that sequence of some people call it post-purchase sequence. Um, so you say, Hey, now that you, you know, you've gotten your new house, here's what you got to do next. You know, and you list out a few things. And then if at the end of these emails, you just want to incorporate or an ask for a referral, you can absolutely do that. Right. And that would be the place to insert it. It would be in that automated sequence. And now you don't have to worry about making sure you ask every single person because it's automated. You just set it up one time and it's done. So that's how, that's how I would do it and structure it in, uh, in these email sequences. Francisco, it sounds like you uh, you love the conversation because it says this conversation is exactly what Gary Vee says in one of his books. It says to document your journey instead of trying to create it from scratch. 100%. Levi's on point with that. I was taking notes on my phone as he was talking. So um, hopefully you guys were too. Really good stuff. And then Coach Bill, I think Levi already asked answered this question. So if you guys have any last minute questions, just drop them in here. Um, otherwise, the next the, the final training that we'll be doing next week will be about videos and how to script your videos, right? Because I know a lot of you guys do videos. So we'll be going over explainer videos, landing page videos, and really how you can structure that. So uh, just like how you have a formula for writing emails and, and ads and landing pages, I'm going to give you some formulas on how to structure your videos. So um, yeah, if you guys have any thank questions, just drop it in here. But thank you guys for having me on again. We're good. Uh, I've got a hard stop, Carlos. So I think uh, I think that covers it for today. But yeah, I'm excited um, for next week. Clearly, let's let's get into some video. I love it. Some although I always talk about not scripting videos, but <laughs> <laughs> all good. Well, we can do. Yeah, no worries. It'll be like a structure, like your hook story. Yeah. Well, I think there's a there's a point for it. You know, if you're going to run specific targeted ads, things like that. I mean, we have uh, read scripts. We've had scripts written out for us um, from specific copywriters and, you know, done that because we want to relay a very specific message. So, yep, we'll talk about that next week. Thanks for joining us today, Carlos, and uh, we'll see you then. Bye, guys. Thank you for joining us on today's podcast. If you're interested in partnering with us to access our YouTube course and coaching all for free, schedule a call at fivestarstrategycall.com.